Welcome to the Pike Podcast. The Pike Podcast is here to inform and inspire your fraternal experience. Topics covered include leadership, how to improve chapter operations, and how to improve yourself. We'll break down some of our most dynamic resources, from entire areas of programming to specific tools and strategies, to deliver an in-depth, comprehensive look at the elements that make our chapters successful. You can find other episodes and show notes at pikes.org slash podcasts, or look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to the Pike Podcast, and thanks for listening. My name is Jarrett Way, Director of Educational Content and Strategy with the Pi Kappa Alpha International Fraternity. And today I am joined by Director of Chapter Services East, Jeff Ferris. Jeff, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for everyone? Absolutely. So my name is Jeff Ferris, as Jared just mentioned, uh, originally from a little town in uh, Ohio, just east of Cleveland. Went to school at the University of Toledo, where I joined Pike in 2012. Uh, soon after, graduated Toledo in 2015 with a degree in medicinal chemistry, and then uh, joined staff in uh, the summer of 2015. Uh, I was a chapter consultant for the first year. I traveled the Northeast, so essentially anything in New York, North and East. And then in the summer of 16, promoted to the uh, director of services position, where I'm now heading into my third year as DOS. And tell me a little bit about your role as director of services, specifically for the East. Yeah, good question. So the DOS role is really twofold. Uh, If I had to break it down, it's really a mixture of working with the consultant program, anything from hiring to training and then managing the consultants, as well as working with all of our host institutions and then chapters to provide them services, uh, whether it be with consultants specifically or perhaps uh, one of our chapters needs a little bit of assistance with conduct or things of that nature. So uh, pretty interesting job. No two days are the same, but really just happy to be be on staff. Yeah, and I'm happy to have you here today, Jeff, because you have worked with a good amount of chapters over the, this is your third year in your current DOS role, and you see a lot of continuity efforts and you see a lot of chapters with that natural ebb and flow that comes with fraternity, but you also see the things that make certain chapters good over a certain amount of time. Today we're talking about transition retreats, so I am definitely looking forward to hearing some of your commentary and your thoughts about some of these initiatives that we have when it when it comes to transition retreats specifically. Um, so we can go ahead and jump right into it, Jeff. What would you say is a transition retreat? What makes a good transition retreat and why are they important for our chapters? Yeah, so if I were to just give a high level overview of really just the need for a transition retreat and what that is, uh, essentially it's just an opportunity for both the incoming and then outgoing officers to connect and just have a meeting to really just discuss the intricacies of the position and uh, pass the torch, if you will, to ensure that the chapter can improve year over year and then to ensure that the chapter is continually to move forward. Uh, There's not very many businesses or companies or organizations for that matter that have a year over year turnover. So the need for the transition retreat specifically for our chapters and for Pi Kappa Alpha is really important. It's crucial. And we we talk a lot about the things that make our chapters good over time, but I would argue that the transition retreat is at the top of the list. One of my favorite quotes um, that I've heard just in my time on staff and being in Pike is that a transition retreat can make the difference between a 20-year-old chapter having 20 years of experience or that same chapter having only one year of experience 20 times. So there's really no sense in reinventing the wheel every single year or even every single semester in some cases when we're working so hard to build up our chapters in terms of programming, in terms of operation, there's no reason why those things should not be directed to the incoming class of officers who are there really to ensure the longevity of the organization and those initiatives that have been put in place. So let's get right down to it. Jeff, what are the fundamentals of an effective transition retreat? Yeah, so 
just basic high level fundamentals. Really, you want to have this retreat after the new officers are elected. Uh, ideally, it'll happen before the end of the semester, whether it be finals week. But uh, try to hold this this transition retreat after elections and prior to the installation of those officers. I know there's a lot of positions out there that may not be elected, but rather appointed by that new e-board. So if that has already happened and those officers are appointed, uh, I would really encourage that chapters also include those appointed positions, whether it be the health and safety chair, sergeant at arms, or recruitment chair as well, because those are also really important positions within the fraternity, and they need to be a part of this transition from one officer to the next. Right, and it's it, this is one of the hardest things to plan for a president because you're dealing with really two different executive boards, two different groups of officers. And that's a lot to coordinate, especially at that time of year, typically in your November, your December, right after officers are elected, there's a lot going on for undergraduates. But let me be very clear in saying again, this retreat is crucial for the success of your chapter over time. So whatever you have to do to put in the work, you need to put in the work, right, Jeff? Absolutely. You are certainly fighting the schedule and it could not come at a at a more challenging time for a lot of our chapters. But as you just said, Jarrett, we really need to make sure that our chapters are putting their best foot forward, get this event on the calendar and ensure that a majority, hopefully all, but at least a majority of the officers can be there because this is really going to set the tone for the new officers as we move forward. What else in terms of fundamentals? So as far as fundamentals, again, I, I alluded to it prior as far as having that mandatory attendance for all the old and the new officers. Again, this is one of the most important meetings of the year. It's going to set the tone for the chapter as, as it moves forward, and it's going to require all hands on deck, so to speak. Uh, beyond that, it's really basic meeting management. So including a written agenda, uh, having that agenda in advance would be great, but at minimum, having the agenda ready for the retreat itself is a necessity. Uh, beyond that, reserving some rooms, whether it be on space, on campus, if you're trying to be convenient to the brothers or, or, or just the members in general, or you can also have this retreat perhaps off campus uh, if you plan it in advance, whether it be at a cabin, lake house, etc. cetera, uh, but just somewhere to reserve the space to have this meeting. It's going to be about a half day or a full day meeting, so chapter should plan accordingly for that. I've always heard that it's the most effective to have the, especially the transition retreat away from where you normally have meetings, away from where you normally collaborate, just so we can come in fresh to this retreat in a, a new environment and be ready just to, to work together. Now, what about fundamentals in terms of actually running the retreat, logistics, what should be going on during the retreat? So maybe things like documentation, yeah, absolutely. So anything that the chairman used uh, to execute on, on his position should be brought to this retreat, whether it be a binder or a handbook, uh, accompanying documentation such as financial statements or rosters or things of that nature, anything that the next officer will need to ensure that he can do his job effectively. Uh, that all should be brought to this retreat and should also be provided to the incoming officer, whether it be electronically or physically. Now, there's certainly some expenses that come with putting on a transition retreat. Is that something that a chapter should just plan a budget for? Yeah, so the chapter should have ideally budgeted for this uh, expense prior. Uh, now, the expense will typically come from either the room reservation or perhaps some food, but uh, ideally the chapter would have budgeted that expense prior. What about the chapter advisor? That's someone who should be in attendance for this, right? Very good question. 
The chat provisor should certainly be invited to attend this retreat. I realize everyone's schedule is uh, hectic, so ideally the chapter will send this invite a few weeks out in advance to get it on the alumni's calendar and then welcome him to attend. And then furthermore, as we're talking about uh, having the old officers and new officers come together, it also might be beneficial for the chapter to also include other members of the alumni advisory board, whether it be the operations advisor, recruitment advisor, health and safety officer, uh, and the health and safety officer, excuse me. So those are all you know, great, great resources to include. And we talked about the, the turnover in the leadership of a lot of our organizations being year over year. The alumni are that continuity. They're the ones that are there sometimes for many number of years. So right. having them there to help out, provide some historical context, provide some additional help would be crucial for the chapter. Right. We talk about utilizing our alumni and especially utilizing our alumni advisory boards. This is a type of event that they should be at. If if not only the chapter advisor, but everyone else as well on the on the alumni advisory board, they should know and they, they already have an understanding, like you said, Jeff, of some historical context for the chapter. So when we're making these decisions about where we want the chapter to go, what initiatives we want to focus on, the chapter advisor has probably seen something similar or they know how that fits into the, the greater context of the chapter, historically speaking, like you mentioned. Uh, let's move on. So we've talked about the fundamentals of that effective transition retreat. Now let's move into the three stages of the transition retreat. So talking about stages one, two, and three, what those look like holistically, and then we can break those down a little bit. So let's start with stage one, Jeff. How would you define that? Yeah, so stage one, uh, all of the officers, both incoming and outgoing officers, as well as any alumni that might have been invited, uh, really just have an overview discussion. In stage one, it's really just a great chance to set the tone of the meeting, set the tone of the retreat. Uh, it's great to go over meeting rules, whether it be uh putting the phones away so men are actually being attentive, uh, and then other rules that might need to be mentioned. Uh, it's also good to go over the agenda itself, review the agenda, uh, discuss high level just, some, just what each stage is going to cover. And then lastly, uh, a way to wrap up stage one is to talk about the state of the chapter. What is the outgoing executive board? What is the state of the chapter that the incoming executive officers are going to inherit? So if we're talking action items there, maybe things like reviewing progress of chapter goals, um, identifying the strengths and weaknesses of the outgoing executive council, and then maybe even discussing standard operating procedures, for example, when the executive council should meet and things that would make sense from an operational perspective. Um, especially that, that chapter goals section, I think that's really important and that varies depending on when elections are had, right? Yeah, so a lot of our chapters, their election cycles may be different. Uh, whether it be an academic year term or maybe a calendar year term. So in stage one, it's just an opportunity for the chapters to go ahead and re either review the progress of the chapter goals or even set the chapter goals right then and there. Now let's move into stage two of the transition retreat. How would you overview stage two? So stage two, uh, this is actually when the chairman will break out into their respective meetings. So again, the incoming officer will then be meeting with the outgoing officer. And if the alumni uh, are present, the alumni for that specific position are present, they would also be a part of that meeting. Uh, again, it's an opportunity for the incoming officer to really learn the ins and outs of the position. 
Ideally, the incoming officer would have some basic understanding of what that position entails, but again, understanding that the outgoing officer just had a year of experience, he is then able to provide that incoming officer uh, maybe, maybe with some additional information that isn't in the handbook or isn't uh, described prior. So again, just him, an opportunity to be fully educated on his position and what to expect for the upcoming year. Jeff, would you recommend that the incoming officers take a look at some of the resources available to them in terms of handbook, Pike blog, Pike podcast, just to have a more fundamental understanding of at least terminology and maybe some programming before they go into these one-on-one meetings? Absolutely. Uh, Realizing that these chapter officers were elected or appointed, uh, I would expect that they would have a basic understanding of what the position entails, but it doesn't hurt to either go on the website or uh, perhaps go to the chapter's archives and just take a look at what that chapter position entails so they have a thorough understanding going into this into this retreat, maybe some questions that they might have, or maybe some part of the position doesn't make sense to them. Again, it's an opportunity for them to ask any questions for the officer that just had a year-long experience. So in stage two, we're having those breakout sessions, those one-on-ones matching each outgoing officer and their officer-elect. We're examining in-depth the responsibilities of each officer. We're also passing on those relevant materials. So maybe things like handbooks, but maybe the chapter has specific handbooks um, for that chairman or for that officer, things that have been documented and compiled over time that's relevant to the role. We definitely want to get those passed on as well. Um, We're discussing recent accomplishments and the top priorities that require immediate attention for that specific role. And then maybe just a question and answer period to end it off. Making sure that no stone is unturned and that we are doing our due diligence and, and making sure that this incoming officer can be as dynamic as they possibly can be. That's right. And lastly, we have stage three. How would you define that, Jeff? So the final stage. So again, in stage one was the overview, current state of the chapter. Stage two, the incoming officer should now have a very thorough understanding of what is expected for his position. Stage three is a chance for the entire collective to come back together, both old and new officers, and really just revisit those goals discuss some top priorities, identify some target areas to improve, and really just set the tone for what their leadership term is going to look like. That's pretty self-explanatory. It's the reconvening, it's talking about the way forward, setting those goals, getting that calendar together. I think that calendar component is probably the most important here because that's literally the the schedule. That is that is a plan that will be followed for the rest of the semester, for the rest of these terms for these officers. So as we put the work in to establish a great calendar on the front end, even though that does happen at the back end of the retreat, and it's usually when everyone's most tired after those one-on-one meetings and everything else that the retreat entails, if we're really focusing on getting together a great calendar, that's something that can really set the tone for a great year and those continuity efforts overall. That's right, Jared. Setting the calendar sometimes may be overlooked because, again, it is a small detail, but I can't stress enough how important it is to set that calendar. A lot of the events that our men know, whether it be on campus or whether it be conferences, formal weekend, Pike University, those should be planned out well in advance. So go ahead and put those on the calendar so the chapter can then begin to slot in other areas of operations and they can just go ahead and prevent that poor performance with poor planning. And that can be supplemented with things like the annual planner that we provide, right? Absolutely. The annual planner is a one-stop shop, if you will, for any important deadline or any important reporting uh, for the international fraternities. So for the treasurers or the secretaries out there, uh, this is a document that you certainly want to get your hands on. And I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. 
Now, wrapping up here, I always say that the transition is a lot more than just this retreat. There are some things that individual officers need to do, especially certain officers. So if we're talking specifically about your presidents and vice presidents, your treasurers, your secretaries, for presidents and vice presidents, for example, what are maybe three things that an outgoing president or VP can do to help with this overall transition? It's a very good question. So for the presidents and VPs out there, first, you're going to want to put this on the calendar. Uh, going back to what Jarrett and I discussed earlier, as far as when to schedule this retreat, we are in the midst of finals weeks as well as the holiday break. So everyone's schedule is extremely hectic. Uh, if you're trying to get alumni there, again, their schedules fill up. And you're also trying to coordinate the schedules of 10 or 15 plus officers. So finding a date for the retreat and then finding a location should be a priority. And then shortly after that, communicating both the date and the location so we can put this event on a hold in our calendar should also be a priority. What about some initiatives that a treasurer or a secretary could take to prepare for transitions? Absolutely. So for the treasurers and secretaries out there, uh, just realizing that their position has a lot of record keeping and a lot of documentation, it would be in the chapter's best interest to have these positions begin to uh, compile all this documentation. Again, for the outgoing officers, think of think of uh, your time in the position and what might a future officer need to be successful. So for the treasurers out there, it might be generating all the financial statements or maybe uh, providing the most up-to-date budget for the Secretary, it might be compiling all the meeting minutes and other important reporting deadlines. Uh, all of that information should be provided. And I realize there's a lot of information out there. So begin early rather than later when trying to compile this information. Uh, also for the treasurers and secretaries, uh, listing those important deadlines, as I mentioned, you all can lean on the annual planner, but there may be some dates and deadlines that are specific to your chapter or your university that you would want to share with the next officer. And then lastly, this one is, is uh, specifically for the treasurers out there, uh, realizing where a lot of our transitions occur in the month of November or December. Uh, please do not forget to file the 990 to uh, ensure that your tax exemption status is current. Uh, that November deadline for the tax exempt status and filing that 990 uh, occurs during transition. So please be sure as an outgoing uh, treasurer to pay it forward and make sure that, that that reporting is done to ensure that the next treasurer is going to be uh, starting the year off with the best foot forward. Especially with that piece, if you need any help with that 990 and the tax exemption status overall, feel free to reach out to your chapter consultant. He'll be able to point you in the right direction to get that taken care of. We also have a more comprehensive list of all the duties for outgoing officers on the Pike blog and the Transition Retreat blog post. So feel free to, to head there. I'll be sure to link that as well in the show notes. Um, so all of you can take a look at those, especially for you officers who are outgoing. Jeff, let's talk about a checklist for new officers. We can go a little bit more in depth. It's not as much. Maybe for a president, things like meeting with the chapter advisor, the Greek advisor, house corporation president, if applicable, um, alumni association president, maybe updating new chapter officers in Omega Phi, reviewing the chapter president's handbook. What else is there? Yeah, Jared, uh, for the president, another task for you all to complete would be ensure that your officers register for the chapter's executive conference, yes. which is held every January. So during that conference, it's really a more comprehensive workshop for the president, the treasurer, and the recruitment chairman to ensure that he understands his position even more thoroughly after the transition retreat. So ensure that your officers are registered for that event 
And then also it might be in the best interest to start uh, scheduling some introductory meetings and or phone calls with those valuable stakeholders. As president, uh, you are the spokesman of the chapter and you will be communicating with a lot of individuals ranging from housing core contacts to alumni advisory board contacts to the university as well as your chapter consultant and then other fraternity staff members. So uh, beginning com compiling all that information uh, would be great as well. Now for vice presidents, they have to start focusing on filling their actual cabinets. There's a lot to do there. So that's a number one priority for especially these new officers um, who are vice presidents, but also things like creating their committee notebooks and helping them with the transfer of those old ones like we mentioned. What else is there, Jeff? So the VPs have a pretty tough job with trying to appoint and slate their committees themselves. So uh, whether that be they slate the committee right after they're elected in the same fall semester, or maybe it's right when they come back in the spring semester, uh, that's going to take up a lot of time. Uh, I'd recommend that the chapter would try to slate these positions sooner rather than later, mm -hmm. just trying to eliminate that learning curve and then allowing them to have somewhat of a transition as well. Jeff, is there anything that you would recommend for an incoming secretary? Yeah, so for the secretary, again, just realizing how much information the secretary has and the deadlines and uh, just trying to balance all that with school and work and any other personal commitments, uh, I would encourage that the secretary take the annual planner as well as any other important deadlines and then begin populating that in either the Omega Phi calendar or a Google calendar just to try to stay on top of everything. Jeff, this has been great. Transition retreats, as we've said a million times now, very, very important for our chapters, something that ensures the continuity and longevity of a lot of our chapters. I think your commentary has been very appropriate, very timely, and I appreciate you coming on, man. Really appreciate it, Jared. Thank you so much. Hey, it's great to have you. Thanks so much for listening to the Pike Podcast. You can check out other episodes and show notes with links to all the resources discussed at pikes.org slash podcast. We'll see you next time. And as always, it's a great day to be a Pike.